Greetings. Today we will take a look at Daniel 3. It's um, the account of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, probably better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, but if you are a uh, follower of Veggie Tales, you may know them as Rack, Shack, and Benny. I uh, came across uh, one guy who said that growing up he had a friend who called them my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. So very well known account. Um, but let's dive into it and see what we can can glean in in these days that that might help us be better servants for Christ and open our eyes to just how great God is. <clears throat> but let's pray before we begin. Father, we thank you for your word. Now, as we look into this very familiar account, I just ask you to give us understanding. Just help the story to, to come alive that we might see that you are indeed the sovereign creator of all things, that nothing happens without your foreknowledge, nothing happens without your hand being on that event. God, just use this to strengthen our faith and point us toward Christ. It's in His name I pray. Daniel chapter 3. <clears throat> King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed loudly, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Chapter 2 had ended with Nebuchadnezzar on his face before Daniel and Daniel's God. And then Nebuchadnezzar proclaimed to Daniel, Truly your God is the God of gods, Lord of kings, and revealer of mysteries. But apparently some time has passed by and Nebuchadnezzar has maybe lessened his view of, 
of Daniel's God. He heard the interpretation of the, the dream that he had had of this, of this great image whose head was gold. And Daniel told him, or revealed to Daniel by God, that Nebuchadnezzar was that head of gold. Maybe Nebuchadnezzar decided to try to uh, extend that a little bit. And he's, he's made this image, and not just the head, but the entire image is, is, is gold. <clears throat> we don't have an exact timeline on when this happened. It's definitely after the, the dream and interpretation. The Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, <clears throat> places it in the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, about the time that Jerusalem fell, though the, the, the best Hebrew manuscripts do not include that. It's, that's probably uh, an addendum or, or an editing on somebody's part. Um, just different scholars range from five years to 20 years after Nebuchadnezzar became king. And it, it, would, it would seem probably closer to the dream period, maybe, maybe five or eight years <clears throat> later. Nebuchadnezzar has, uh, has secured his, his kingdom. He had defeated Assyria and Egypt in 605 B.C., had, had basically conquered Israel. Judah, the southern kingdom, the remaining kingdom of Israel in 605 and taken the first captives back, <clears throat> Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Shadrach, Abednego, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Rakshak, and, and Benny, back to, to Babylon. He has set up this image. He's gathering all of the officials, bringing them to uh, to this plain of Dura to to worship, bow down before this great image that he's made. It would it would seem to be um, appropriate in Nebuchadnezzar's mind, but it would seem to be the thing to do to. Uh, exact an oath of loyalty out of all of his his kingdom. Um, so so, given the time to make the the image and then to gather everybody there at the at the plain, um, you know, five or eight years seems pretty reasonable. Um, and it, and it, but it I guess ultimately it really doesn't matter when it happened, but that it did happen. <clears throat> so Nebuchadnezzar has made this this great image. 60 cubits uh, tall by six cubits wide. It's 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. So kind of a bean pole. Uh, probably sat on a base to keep it from toppling around. And, it, and it's, he places it on the, uh, it says, at the plain of Dura, which is, uh, we don't know the exact spot of, of this plain, but the, the best guesses are uh, about six miles southeast of the city of, of Babylon. 
interesting that the 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 word dura actually means wall or or fortress. So while we have this plain, it's it's also surrounded by this great wall, this this uh, this uh, enclosure where the people would be brought in <clears throat> to bow down before this before this image. So Nebuchadnezzar gives gives the command and he says, gather all of these these officials, the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces. So if he left out any, he 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 uh, he he, won't, he he throws in that and all of them any any official down to the to the local dog catcher in 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 a province bring them all here so that we can dedicate this this image it's as much a political event <clears throat> to uh, demonstrate their loyalty now to the conquering king as it is a religious event of, of, of saying worship this, this image. It's, it's political as well as a, a, a religious bowing. Notice the repetition, and we will see the repetition through the chapter of the officials that, that are brought to, to the plain of Dura also the instruments that are used it's it's you know what do you make of the repetition why does the writer daniel continue to list out the the officials and the 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 uh, instruments that are used to uh, to start everybody in their in their bowing their saluting to nebuchadnezzar and his great image i think at the end we'll see that it that it shows us just the great pressure to conform, that it's constant and and unrelenting, an unrelenting drumbeat to conform to what Nebuchadnezzar or society would have us to do, and that it's not just uh, simply peer pressure, though there's some of that, but it's also. Uh, the, the officials, the leaders, those who are in charge, this constant pressure to conform to what Nebuchadnezzar desires. So he brings all of these leaders and administrators and officials of his kingdom, satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, magistrate, and rulers. Um, satraps were administrators or guardians of, of the provinces. The prefect was a commander or military chief. Governors were had to do with, much like we do, the civil government. Counselors were arbitrators. Treasurers, those in charge of the public treasury. Magistrates, judges. Uh, rulers would just be lesser uh, officials. The deputy administrator or the deputy dog catcher just, just they've, they've brought them all here to the plane. And then it's announced, when you hear this, this, uh, this, this music from the horn, the pipe, 
the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music. It, it gives you this uh, sense of some some uh, writers that I came across said it's it's like the opening ceremony of the Olympics. You've got everybody in this big stadium and and this this music from multiple types of of instruments playing at, at once and when they hear that everyone is to bow down so he brings them to, to Dura gives them instructions and then the music finally plays and it says everybody bows down there in verse 7 therefore remember what's it there for when they've heard the music they know that if they don't bow down they're going to be cast into a fiery furnace and, and so it says all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped King the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So everybody has bowed. We know from, from Daniel 1 and 2 that there are Israelites in Babylon. There are Israelites who have been uh, elevated to uh, positions of, of authority. Daniel... Uh, made chief over the province of, of Babylon. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are over the, the affairs of the, of the province. They've all been promoted. What about them? Verse 8, <clears throat> Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews, um, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of, of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good, but... If you do not worship, you shall be cast, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But even if not, be it known to you, O King, 
that we will not serve you, we will not serve your gods or worship the image that you have set up. We're familiar with, with the account of Rakshak and Benny. We, we know what's, what's coming, but just, just consider that you've never read the account those first readers of, of Daniel's writings, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego themselves, people in the in in Babylon. There, these three are not the only Hebrews, Israelites, Jews, as they as they begin to be called in in during the time of exile. They're not the only ones in in Babylon. But it seems like they're the only ones who <clears throat> draw the line and refuse to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image. Moses had told the people in Deuteronomy 4, warned them against idolatry and disobedience, unfaithfulness to God. And in Deuteronomy 4.27, he said, the Lord, this is what will happen if they did not, uh, if they weren't faithful to God. He said, the Lord will scatter you among the people and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the works of hands, that neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. So it's no great surprise that probably all of the other Israelites, excluding Daniel, we don't, he's missing from this chapter. We don't know uh, where he was or what he was doing at the time, but that all of the other Israelites went along and fell down and worshipped uh, and worshipped the this this image bowed before this this image that Nebuchadnezzar had had set up. So after that had had after the 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 first event, the gathering of the officials and the and the peoples and 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 playing the music and then bowing down. Verse eight then tells us that there were certain Chaldeans, certain of this this noble elite class of, 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 of Babylonian priests even, that they came forward and they told Nebuchadnezzar about certain Jews who had not bowed down. Probably not that hard to deduce the, the, the motivation of these Chaldeans. They had more than likely trained these these three young men along with Daniel back in chapter 1 only to see them elevated higher than their own position so they're they're resentful they're they're jealous uh, you almost kind of reminds you though of, of of being a kid and and and, and praying at a uh, in Sunday school or at, at the dinner table or wherever and and you finish praying and one kind of little, uh, well, tattletale says, so-and-so didn't close their eyes. You know, it's like, how do these Chaldeans know that they hadn't bowed down if they were supposed to be bowing down at the time? 
So they come in, they tell Nebuchadnezzar the, the standard greeting that's, that's a little bit put on, you, you think. Oh, king, live forever. A little bit of brown nosing going on there. They remind him of his decree. And they said, here are these Jews that you've appointed over the affairs, and they didn't bow down. And, and, and they list three things that, that Rakshak and Benny don't do. They pay no attention to you. They're ignoring you, king. You're the great king. You've, you've brought all these nations together. You've conquered the world. And they pay no attention to you. They don't. Number two, they don't serve your gods. And they don't worship this golden image that you've set up. Well, what's Nebuchadnezzar's reaction? Not hard to predict. Verse 13, he's in a furious rage. He is just livid about these guys. Everything I've done for you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and, you don't, and you just ignore me. You don't serve my gods. So he calls them in and he says, is it true? I think it kind of shows, um, for one thing, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have done a good job for Nebuchadnezzar. Probably been a few years since they were set up over the, the, the province, put in their positions. If they hadn't been, do you think he would have just said, okay, go get them, throw them in the fire. I believe you. But he, he, he sort of has some respect to some degree for uh, Rakshak and Benny. And he, so he says, well, bring them in. Let's talk about them. And he, and he asked them, is this true? Are these guys lying or, or did you not? Do you not serve my gods or worship the image? So I'm going to give you a second chance. And he says, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, fall down and, and worship the image that I've made and everything's going to be well and good. It's going to be okay. Maybe you didn't understand the first time. I'm going to give you a second chance. But if you don't, we'll make sure you understand. If you don't, we're throwing you into a burning, fiery furnace. And whose God will deliver you out of my hands? Nebuchadnezzar gives them the benefit of the doubt and says, okay, we're going to try it again. You guys get in line, toe the mark. Here is that. Here is that constant, unrelenting pressure to conform. And then he, at the end, he says, Whose God, what God, can save you from me? I'm Nebuchadnezzar. In case you've forgotten, I've conquered the whole world. I've conquered Assyria, Egypt. You're only here because I conquered Israel. There's no God that can save you from me. Kind of reminds you of, of, of the, the, the Chaldean response when Nebuchadnezzar said, tell me the dream and then show me the interpretation. Back in chapter uh, 2, they said the, king, the thing the king that asked, this is chapter 2, verse 11, the thing that the king asked is difficult and no one can show it to the king except for the gods whose dwelling is not among flesh. That, that even though Nebuchadnezzar had learned then that there is a real God in heaven and that He does dwell among men. But now Nebuchadnezzar, so full of himself that he's made this golden image, could have even resembled him to show his, 
his his power and his might sets up this image and then he tells these three faithful Israelites that if if you don't bow you're going to burn and there's no god that can deliver you Shadrach Meshach and Abednego what do they do they said well Nebuchadnezzar let us go home we'll pray about it and we'll get back to you no they are they are immediate in their response firm in their belief that there is a god they know their scripture they know what what Moses had received on Sinai from God's own hand we call it the 10 commandments Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 and God spoke all these words saying I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery you shall have no other gods before me you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. These three young men, maybe early 20s by now, mid-20s, know the Scripture. They know God's law. They know that God has has forbidden this, the bowing to other images, worshiping anything other than Him, not making an image even of God Himself, those things in heaven, no images of angels or, or God, no images of anything on the earth, no images of King Nebuchadnezzar. Everything is in, in, included in, in this commandment. So they tell Him, they answer immediately because they are prepared they know they know scripture i don't think they're being disrespectful when they say oh nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter we don't want to draw out this along we don't want to uh, to to tell you uh, a, a long story of why we don't bow you know who we serve. You know the God of Israel. He's the one that showed you the dream a few years back. We don't have any need to answer you. You shouldn't have expected us to, to bow in the first place. And they say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of your hand. Nebuchadnezzar said, bow. What God is going to do it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Our God, He's able to deliver us. He can deliver us. And He, he is able to deliver us out of your hand. The verse 18 may be the, you know, it's got to be one of the greatest verses. He said, But if not, even if He does not, O King, we will not serve your gods or worship this image, even if. I don't think you're going to hear that from the health and wealth, prosperity, name it, 
claim it, TBN teachers, preachers, who say, well, if your faith is great enough, then he's going to, he, he, will, he will heal you, he will fill up your wallet, your pocketbook, your checkbook. You're not going to hear that on there. They're going to blame you if you don't get what you want. It's because you're, you lack faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, God is able. No questions asked. But even if He doesn't, even if He desires for us to perish in the fiery furnace, we're still not going to, uh, to, to worship you. We have the same teaching, sentiment, belief in Job 13, 15. Though He slay me, yet I will trust Him. Let that bounce around in the cranial cavity for a little while. We learn from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, from Job, from Peter in Acts, that it's we'll serve God and not man. That their belief, their faith, was that God is in control. And even if He slay me, I am still not going to worship this idol. What did Jesus pray in the garden? Father, if it's Your will, remove this cup. But nevertheless, not my will, but Thine. Sometimes God leads us to a fiery furnace. Are we prepared to answer and, and give Him the true position that He deserves and is and 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 holds whether or not we think He deserves it or not? That God is in control, God is sovereign. And he is, and we're going to find out in the next section that he is with us in that fiery furnace. So they tell, they basically tell Nebuchadnezzar, "No, we're not going to do it. Our God can deliver us, but if He doesn't, we're still not going to do it because we know He is the true God, and we will worship only Him." Verse nineteen. You know, it's kind of kind of similar to verse 13 after Nebuchadnezzar hears that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hadn't worshipped as he had instructed. He's in a furious rage. He bring he calls them in. He wants to find out, is this really true, or are these Chaldeans, you know, just stirring up trouble again? Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. And the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace was overheated, 
The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astounded, and he rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the, bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar was beyond mad. He's filled with fury. His anger has already been stoked seven times greater than it was when he first heard about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's refusal to, to bow down. Even his face, his, the expression on his face has changed. He, he had brought them in and said, Hey guys, is this true? He, he wants to know that there was a mistake he, he wants to know that they're loyal to him. They have been his faithful servants. And now his anger shows even on his face. He's got veins popping up all over his forehead and his neck and, and in places where he didn't even know he had veins. He's, he's totally angry and he orders, crank up the furnace. You know, what is this furnace? Uh, like like a, a kiln they say probably shaped like an old-fashioned Coke bottle. The bottom would have a, a, a large door for throwing in the ore uh, that they were going to smelter. There would be another door for throwing in um, the, the fuel, the wood, um, whatever they're burning. A couple of uh, bellows holes for for pumping air in so that the fire can have the, the proper oxygen. Uh, so, so a large furnace, you know, certainly big enough for, for, well, four men. He orders it to be just overheated seven times. One writer said, you know, if he really wanted to punish them, he would have said, lower the heat. I want to torment them. But Nebuchadnezzar, in, in his anger, in, in his, his, his heat level has gone up seven times. He says, heat that furnace seven times. Get me the strongest men of the army and bind them. Kind of wonder why they've said, we're, gonna, we're not going to bow. Our God is able to deliver us. Even if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow. He really doesn't need to tie them up. I think they would have let them grab them and throw them in, but, but the binding does, does kind of point us uh, to, to uh, another miracle of God. Um, but that He binds them, His strongest men, goes to throw them into the, into the furnace with all of their clothes on. Normally in ancient days when they executed somebody, they stripped them of their clothes, but in, in order to even um, uh, strengthen, or not strengthen, but just enhance the, the, the 
suffering and burning. He wants them with their clothes on. The more things he can catch on fire, the, the better. So they throw them in fully clothed into this furnace. The furnace is so hot when they open the door, they, they, they throw them in. And the men who have, the strong men, the mighty men who have bound them, they're killed. They're cremated on the platform as they're throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in to, to the burning furnace. Nebuchadnezzar, he, 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 he kind of picture him sitting back and watching this, wanting to see these uh, unloyal Israelites, young Jewish men suffer for their lack of loyalty to him. And all of a sudden, he's he's astonished, startled even, that he that he rose up in haste. He jumps up out of his chair. He thought he had a front row seat to watching this this event, and he and he and he asks his his counselors, "Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire?" They said, "Yes, O king, we threw three men. They were bound into the fire. They they would have been hogtied, just chunked in there, like more more kindling for the fire." And the king says, but I see four men in there, and they're unbound. They're walking around. They're, they're not even hurt. How can that be? It killed my mighty men when they opened the door. And the, the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. One preacher I heard said, there's probably been at least a million pages written on who is this fourth person in the fire? The most standard or common, really two possibilities. It's an angel or it's the pre-incarnate Christ. Paul writing to the Colossians in verse 115 says, He being, meaning Jesus, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. There are certainly other Old Testament passages. Jacob wrestling with the with with uh, the angel of the Lord. That that many would say is the pre-incarnate Christ, the, the the Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar calls him a son of the gods. I think that he's right, but he doesn't know that he's right. He's saying it just a son of the gods. I think I'm going to lean toward this being the pre-incarnate Christ that is walking around with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of these men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Shadrach, sorry, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, 
Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar kind of seems to want to come up with different commands and laws and rules and 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 there are no fines for these for violations it's like you either do it or we're going to throw you in a fiery furnace or now we're going to we're going to tear you limb from limb and then we're going to bulldoze your house there's there seems to be no no middle ground no no lesser offenses with him but it does show that he's he's gaining he hasn't quite gotten it he's he's not a believer but that he does realize again that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the true God. So he saw them and was astonished that they were walking around with, with this fourth figure, this fourth person in the fire, this fourth man. And so he, he, went, he goes to the door and he asks them, tells them, come out and come here. Let me see you kind of interesting that they were unhurt they're walking around in this fire but they they had to be told to come out if it is the an angel or if it is the pre-incarnate Christ they may have been enjoying themselves they they are fellowshipping with God within the fiery furnace in this place that was supposed to be torture yet they're no rush to get out they're they're communing with God either through an angel he sent or the pre-incarnate Christ and they probably would have rather stayed in for a little bit longer and, and worship God than to come out. But Nebuchadnezzar says, come, come out of here. He gathers these, these officials again, the satraps, prefects, governors, the counselors, and they see that the fire had no power over them. Not even the hair on their head was singed. You know, you can light your, your barbecue grill and, and lose eyebrows and arm hair and head hair if you have any. Says their cloaks weren't harmed. There's no smell of fire. Throw too much wood on the fire, you're going to smell like smoke for, you know, at least a week. He can't even tell they've been in the fire. So he realizes right off, their God is the true God. Oh yeah, he's the one that gave Daniel my dream and the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar's question of what God is going to deliver you is answered 
immediately after he throws them into the furnace and sees that they're just walking around. He, he learns that there is a God who can deliver. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's faith and, and loyalty, faithfulness, trust in the Lord was, we're not bowing down. Our God is able, but even if not, we're not going to serve these other gods. And so the, so the Nebuchadnezzar brings them out, says he blessed the Lord who sent an angel and delivered his servants, those who trusted in him. And then he set uh, up another command that any people, nation, or, langu or language that speaks anything against the God of Rakshak and Benny will be torn limb from limb and their houses destroyed. There's much we can glean from this. Dr. Walford in his uh, commentary says that back in verse 17, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are answering King Nebuchadnezzar, and they say that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Dr. Walford says we should remove the article. Remember from English class, articles A and V. Remove the word V. Our God who is able, whom we serve is able to deliver us from burning fiery furnace. From any burning fiery furnace. Our God is able to deliver us from the COVID-19 burning fiery furnace, from relationship problems that can be a burning fiery furnace, from the burning fiery furnace of cancer, from the burning fiery furnace of unemployment. Our God is able, but do we have the same attitude, trust in the Lord, that even if he doesn't, we're still not going to compromise, to conform, to bow to the pressures, whether it be government, whether it be peer pressure, or are we going to remain faithful to God and God alone? The passage reminds us again of who is in control that in spite of any kind of present circumstances that may appear to the contrary, God is in complete control of history and the universe, and He's doing everything for His own glory. It kind of confronts us also that when we're faced with a dilemma, do we bow? Do we waver or do we put our complete trust in the power of God even when we do not know His plan? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego give us example of true obedience and faithfulness to God even if we don't know His plan. 
even if we don't know that there'll ever be a, a vaccine or end to the COVID-19, even if we don't know that, that in two weeks I'll get a new job, that my unemployment checks will be extended, even if we don't know that we can ever mend this relationship that is broken, are we faithful? Do we believe? Do we have confidence in God's power to deliver? And it shows us that God doesn't just rescue us out of the fiery furnace, but He goes into the fiery furnace with us. Jesus came to the fiery furnace of a world that had rebelled against God and He went through the fiery furnace. The wrath of God stoked seven times, seven being the perfect number the, to, to illustrate the fullness and completion of it, that Jesus went through the wrath of God on the cross that God's wrath for us was placed on Christ and, and that Christ fulfilled God's redemptive plan. So, even if He slay me, I will trust Him. God is in control, which is the theme of the book of Daniel. God is sovereign. He has a plan. And even if our greatest fears are realized, God is enough. And He is with us in any burning, fiery furnace that we might be thrust into. Father, I thank You for Your Word. And God, we thank You for this reminder, even in, a, in an account a story that we're familiar with that you will never leave us or forsake us, that nothing shall separate us from your love, that you go through whatever burning, fiery furnace we may be in, that you sent your Son, the image of the invisible God, into this burning, fiery furnace to pay the awesome, terrible price of our rebellion and our sin that we might have redemption, that we might be adopted into your family as your sons and daughters. God, just make that ever mindful at the front of our thinking that we will always remember that you are the one true God and give us hearts and desires to serve you, not to bow to no other. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.